0: This is an ABC podcast. One, two, three.
1: (laughs) I was looking right at you. (laughs) I was just doing, I just did that to shit you. (laughs) Bang.
0: Bang. 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 Bang on. Hello, Zan. Happy summer. Oh, yeah, of course. Welcome to summer. Yes, sizzling summer. Well, wet summer in many parts of Australia. Um, well, yeah. In a weird twist of events, Melbourne has been leading leading the charge of 30 degree day. So <laughs> it's, got, it's not going to last. It's going to oh. piss down this afternoon. And in fact, I got caught in a storm yesterday, but I've been hitting the pool. I've been going to the Are local you? pool. In the pool. Jumping in the pool.
1: Are you lying down on the, the concrete and getting your togs all pulled? <laughs> Do you remember that when you lie on the hot concrete and to dry out? And then you'd get up and and your togs would get like pools in them. It's like,
0: damn. (laughs) I am. You know what? I'm fully regressing because I'm going back to the pool that I used to go to when I was a kid. Mm. Because since moving back to Melbourne, I've moved back to the area that I grew up in. So I have regressed. It's changed a lot. I'm not exactly in the same place, but I'm going to the same pool that I went to. And when I went there the other day for the first time, literally since I was a little kid, I had so many flashbacks. I bet. I just got. They used to play Deborah Harry's "French Kissing" in the USA. I just remember one summer where that was like number one, yeah. and it would be piping through the AM radio that they'd pipe through the PA
1: speaker. Would there just be like one sort of speaker? Was that it? Yeah, too? It's just it the always one. looked like exactly. a, a, I, I can't. I can always remember them. They were. They were just the weirdest speakers, like an emergency speaker, yeah. but also
0: doubles. Is if, if, if yeah. you just like basically put the mic next to the AM radio <laughs> in the office, and that's what and pipes that always out. Always
1: sounded awful, and it was like. Can, can can Kylie Kylie <laughs> Johns? Can Kylie Johns come to the front counter?
0: Stop running! No running around the pool! <laughs> All of that stuff. But there's something really—I think it's why people still love listening to AM radio. Mm. There's something really comforting about mm. shit sound sometimes because it reminds yes. us of our childhood. Well, that's right. Everything sounds so good now, doesn't
1: yeah. it? Um, <laughs> it's it's nice to go back to things just sounding a little bit a little bit dodgy. Give me a
0: VHS video and some bad PA any day. But we, it's been we, wonderful to be back in the pool. Quick one where you pretend. To smoke musk sticks. Do you remember those? <laughs> You'd buy them at the
1: shop and then you yes. twirl them and smoke them like you were kill. Cool.
0: God just wait till that when that kiosk opens, I'll fully regress. Because it hasn't opened yet. We've just started the summer season in this oh. outdoor pool, but there's a kiosk and when it opens.
1: How on earth are you gonna survive swimming at the pool without a packet of chickadees <laughs> <laughs>
0: chicken twisties
1: and a paddle pop. Ch- <laughs> chickadees. Oh, yeah, chicken twisties or chickadees. Uh, don't, they don't make chickadees anymore. Oh, my God, anymore.
0: chickadees. Yeah,
1: and a and a musk stick.
0: Wow. Mm. Everyone's regressing with us. I know. It's so exciting. Um, Summer also means that very soon we're going to be taking a little break and in a couple of weeks... We are going to be doing our final bang on for the year, which also coincides with our 200th episode,
1: which may I add, Zan took a day off from her holidays <laughs> to make sure that it was the 200th episode.
0: Nicely, neatly rounded year. out for rounded the out. year.
1: Yeah, I like that. Um, And on that episode, we're going to be discussing the lessons that we've learned in this strange, weird two years that I feel like you and me, Zan, we were always family, but now bang fam and us. So it's, it's. It feels like a real thing, you know, like it it feels big. We went places in the last 20 months. And I feel like we went, we experienced something together and and we've been able to articulate it through this podcast, but we'd love to hear from you too.
0: Yeah, we literally want you to bang back about a big lesson that you've learned over the past year or so, because I think that we've all face stuff that maybe we hadn't really thought about or had to think about continuously for Mm. so long, you know, whether it's personally or socially or professionally. And we want to hear you bang on about some of these wonderful lessons that you've had. So email us in the bang box. We are going to be um, contacting you over the next week and a half or so. So the earlier, the better. I'll put the email in the show notes and we'd love to have you bang back about a big lesson and just have a big Friggin' group hug with the yeah. Bang Fam in a couple of weeks. Yeah. What's Episode been, 200.
1: Yeah. What's been good about these last two years? I think I think there's been a lot of negativity. We've all ex- felt it. <laughs> Fuck, I have. Um, but I think out of it um, we've all found things about ourselves mm. or the people around us or whatever that, I don't know, has given, given perhaps a new perspective. Breakthroughs, Yeah, little breakthroughs. So I'd love to hear about them because, you know, like I said, we've been banging on about it. We'd love to hear from you too. It's
0: not all about us. It's about the Bang Fam. That's right. And it's about this week, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of weird stuff mm. and a new variant, Omicron, yeah, which sounds, sounds like that, we, oh, a Omicron. conference for a medical procedure yeah. or maybe something that you'd buy at Officeworks. It's I a weird feel like, word. I feel like it's the name of a spaceship in Star Wars or something. <laughs> Oh, Omicron. Omicron is coming into land. <laughs> um,
1: I'm a little worried about this and I'm doing as little research as possible on this next variant because quite frankly, terrifying.
0: Well there is I no, mean, here's the thing, there is no research as much as we know. It's just too early to tell and you can understand the anxiety around a new variant. I tell you what, I listen to, I go in and out of listening to CoronaCast, which is yeah. Norman Swan and Tegan Taylor's very popular ABC I podcast. I mean, good on them for doing it, but I, I can't listen to
1: that. I'm, I just don't.
0: Well, in times like this where a new yeah. variant pops up, you're like, I'd like to hear what is going on. Because yeah. they often include, you know, the research that's being done, anything that we know. Experts in the field. That's what, Experts you know. in the field. A very measured uh, approach from The science that's available Mm. and one i really am glad that i listened to it because it kind of tempered those fears and one of the things that they talked about was if this variant omicron is more transmissible which they think it may be but less dangerous as in you don't get nearly as sick and you certainly don't die then omicron could knock out delta which is obviously spread everywhere And if it spreads more quickly but has less serious health effects, that would make the virus endemic, which is kind of what where scientists we be. want, this because is where then we you've be. got a larger population with a resistance to it, and it just becomes like a cold, a flu, mm. the things that come around every year and that we are used to, and that knock us about but don't cause border closures and yeah. Make us worry about our elderly relatives and all of that stuff. So we just don't know. But when they brought that up, I was like, maybe Omicron's a good thing. Like yeah. that we don't necessarily need to go towards the, oh, my God, everything's going to close down. Mm. And I've had so many of those conversations with people. And I must admit, week. that's my anxiety. It's like, oh, I, 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 I'm only starting to feel
1: like I can, I'm getting back into life what if it all shuts up again? That's my big anxiety. I'm like, oh. yeah. <laughs> please cron, leave us. But you're right. If there's a positive out of this, then that's what we need to hang on to, don't we?
0: And we also just need to wait. I know it's really hard. We just need to wait a few weeks mm. for this research, which is happening now. They've got to wait for the cultures to grow, all that fun mm. science stuff, petri dish stuff, mm. and then we'll figure it out. But what we do know for a fact is that Borders don't stop a virus, regardless. It will always make its way through. It has. Delta has proved that. Well, no, WA will, will say <laughs> things That's are different. Not, I did read, shout out to all the bang fam in <laughs> WA. Nine out of 10 people in WA are happy with borders staying closed and being yeah, living COVID free and COVID safe. And geez, you've had a great ride. Why wouldn't you? But, also, but don't at some you, stage, don't you're probably going you to miss gonna us. Don't water. you miss us? Like what? Maybe.
1: How long can you go? Actually, WA fam,
0: do you actually miss anyone else no, around I don't Australia? Think they or they do. The They'll be
1: fighting. <laughs>
0: And then they're like, no, no, we've got it sweet over here. I miss my friends in WA. I'm hoping to see them at some stage. Mm. Uh, but the other big lesson, of course, if if we're talking about lessons too, is that, you know, we're the only way we're all safe is if we're all vaccinated and that means developed and developing nations alike. And some of mm. those figures around, you know, South Africa and other Southern African nations, very low, under 25% of the population is fully double-dosed and that means that more of these variants will mutate because... It can just run rampant. So, yeah, that's a big reminder as we start walking towards boosters and having all of a sudden a glut of vaccines. Let's give some to our neighbours who don't have Mm. that, who don't have the economies to be able to buy that. Mm. In happier news, hopefully planning a trip to Vegas (laughs) in 2022. Did you see that Adele's doing
1: a goddamn residency? I don't think we'll get tickets to this. I don't think anyone will get tickets. It's like 4,000 capacity seats. Seating at Caesar's Palace, but she's she's going to be there for like three months. I know, but it's only weekend, Saturday and Sunday. (laughs) That's not a lot. That's not a lot at all. And um, I think getting tickets to the show will be as rare as hens' teeth, as your grandmother would say. But um, it would be amazing. I mean, the idea of a Vegas show twenty years ago, you were washed up if you were doing a Vegas show, and in the last sort of ten years, even. That has changed mm. so much. Celine, Celine, Celine did a massive residency. Her residency, but that was like two shows a night, seven days a week. It is it is like just bonkers how they do these shows, but they obviously make so much
0: money yeah,
1: as well. And it's, it's great for the casinos to get people in so people gamble mm. essentially, which is
0: bad. But and travel for the show as well. So they're in Vegas. They're not just going to go to Adele. They're going to do everything else. That oh, absolutely. Vegas. Yeah, yeah. The, um, did you see when? I don't know how many people picked up on this, um, but when she posted it a couple of days ago, she posted like her proper, you know, the Adele mm-hmm. 30 album cover. And then it was an Instagram slide, and she'd photoshopped her head onto liberal, liberal. Rushes. <laughs> Oh, I love like it. how many people thought she was actually that was her outfit it was incredible oh, like, it but she didn't mention it at all it's just no. like Adele in Liberace's amazing glittery suit i t- with the cake. I've
1: told you I went to the Liberace Museum didn't I in Vegas I've when, been there too it's before, amazing before it was cool because I think it's moved now to a far more sophisticated oh, right. spot but when I went there this was in the late 90s um, it was in a like a strip mall off. I went there in the late '90s yeah, too, yeah. so I think Off it's the, the same car thing. Park.
0: It looked literally like a car show showroom, yeah. and yeah. he did have many cars. He in had there many as cars well. in
1: there. He sort of walked in there, going, "Oh my god, what is this place?" <laughs> but my god, the outfits were extraordinary. The cars, everything—it spoke to me. And the grannies in the car park get out of the car, pulling out their feet. Oh my god, would you look at my coins! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Corns. Worth it for the audience that goes to the Liberace unbelievable. Museum alone. It was a highlight of my life. Have yeah. you ever seen a show in Vegas, like a musical show? No, I
1: haven't. I, I don't. You. When I was there, that first time, I think it was Little Richard, Chuck Berry, and I couldn't get tickets. Oh, God. I know. But now that we know that, you know, Chuck Berry's no good and... <laughs> But I still would have loved to have seen Little Richard. That would have been amazing.
0: Yeah. Some of those Vegas shows are pretty wild. I never saw one of the classic Vegas shows, but I did go in the late 90s to um, see Beck. In Vegas? Yeah. And here's the kicker. He had released Mutations, Mm -hmm. his album that was kind of like low-key, folky sort of Mm -hmm. vibes, and I loved that record and my boyfriend at the time and I were so excited. It was like, it was when I was living in L.A. I'm like, mm. we of course you want to see Beck in Vegas. Yeah. And he was playing at the Tropicana, which is one of the old casinos, an old showroom, the full kind the of best. round booth seats, full on like old school. Views, Love it. Like this Buffon is unmissable. Buffon hairstyles, smoking at the table. Exactly. Kind of Love yeah, Love it. None of your Caesars Palace, like super old school. Yeah. Like the places where midweek you can stay there for $10 a night yeah. and I'm pretty sure that we did. Yeah. So we got tickets to his show and we turn up, we drive out there and we're sitting down. And first of all, Tenacious D was a support act. And this is before they were popular. And we're like, who are these guys? Yeah. Bob Odenkirk and David Cross, who were doing a TV show on HBO called Mr. Show, were in the booth next ah. to us. And there's just all of these like LA people. I'm like, oh, this is cool there's a vibe there's all these like LA people who have made the trip as well and then Beck comes out with his full band and they're all in these garish outfits he's got like a long sleeve t-shirt on but he's sewn tassels on it and he whips <laughs> into Midnight Vultures yeah. an album that no one has heard everyone in the room is thinking they're turning up to see him play mutations in his whole back catalogue yeah and I think the whole time I'm watching this wow these are very different songs is he just made these for Vegas <laughs> But he basically did, did this show two months before Midnight Vultures wow. came out and wow. he specifically did it to basically say this is Midnight Vultures and that had like Sex Laws, yeah. Deborah, all like total Vegas vibes and, and that's, that's why he did it. And that's where when he
1: pulled out the electric suit for the first time too, I think I remember. What was with the electric suit? suit? It, it lit up, like had flashing oh lights on it because when he did that to here. And that's very
0: Vegas, isn't Seriously? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I walked in there and we'd gotten tickets like called up on the phone because that's how long ago it was. Mm. It was pre-buying tickets on yeah. the internet. And got like literally the table at the front of the room and I was looking oh, up at Bec In Tassel's love it. play Midnight Vultures for the first time. So that's an unforgettable Vegas show. That's amazing. And we're going to Adele next year. Yeah, we are going. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Why don't we do Bang Fam?
0: Bang road Fam trip. on tour. R- bad,
1: bang Fam road trip. We can finally go to Dollywood as well. Oh my God. Okay, this is really, I'm, I'm making plans in my head
0: right then. Elvis's honeymoon uh, house in Palm Springs. Oh, all yeah. I've been there,
1: haven't been inside, but you can rent it on Airbnb. I know you've got plans too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That's my 50th at Frank Sinatra's. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, everyone, welcome. You're all invited. <laughs>
0: Speaking of calendars, Mm -hmm. it is the last week of Parliament sitting for 2021 and in the final days, as we record, it's the final day of Parliament sitting, but in the last day, the Jenkins report into workplace culture done by Sex Discrimination Commissioner Kate Jenkins, which has been done over the last nine months, she's spoken to thousands of people, um, has been handed down and it is a damning report. I think that we've talked about this quite a bit in 2021 and Bang On is not a political podcast by any means, but the politics and the work culture affects our culture. It's all things that rang very true. I was shocked and everyone should be shocked by these stats. Yeah, one in three.
1: Yeah. One in three people have experienced things like sexual harassment and bullying in Parliament House. Now, if this were a culture in any other workplace, in any other corporation at this point in time, they would all be sacked anyone who was perpetrating any of this kind of activity or condoning it or facilitating it or enabling it, you'd be sacked.
0: Well, you see what happened with Sony Music Australia and Dennis yeah. Handlin who was at the helm when all of this toxic work culture was happening mm. was removed and that happened quite quickly after yeah. that Four Corners
1: report came so, out. So why is this continuing? Why is it being enabled in the House of Par- Houses of Parliament which are essentially the top? You know, and they talk about how trickle-down effect if there's a bad work culture at the top then obviously that has an effect on the rest of the country and mm. and it's just unacceptable i think everyone else in other workplaces just looks at this and goes what world is this yeah how are they getting away with this utter bullshit and it continues and um katherine murphy has written a great article in the guardian Who's the, the headline, the Australian Parliament, the whole arse-covering and ego-driven apparatus should be paralysed by shame and remorse. I mean, she, this is... Gloves are off. Yeah, gloves are off, she said. But if any external agency assessed my own news bureau in, term, in the terms in which the Sex Discrimination Commission has just reviewed the Parliament, I would dig a large hole, clamber inside and never get out again. I would be paralysed by shame and remorse. I would feel the clinical rebuke in my marrow. There would not be enough ways of saying sorry. And yet... I think it was was it yesterday or the day before when Jackie Lambie was getting up to speak the day that this it was report, the day of yeah that this report was released, she was barked at and growled at like a dog mm. as she stood up to speak in the Senate. Well, it's just disgusting, and there's parliamentary privilege allows people to do this stuff. Yeah. It enables them. and
0: <laughs> it's not right. Well, Catherine Murphy refers to that specifically. And as you say, you know, politicians don't have conventional employers to account to. I think that there's a lot of um, disgust and dismay and disappointment at the behaviour. And when you see this very broad, when I saw those numbers, I was like, she's really spoken to a lot of people. Mm. And it's not just the people who've experienced it, but the stats around people who have observed it happening are up at 71% mm. of people have seen this behaviour happen. That That's a shocking statistic. But... She also notes that, you know, they can growl while a woman is talking without being reported to the non-existent human resources department and later contest the precise nature of the sound while promising to be better. Tomorrow, obviously. Being better always happens tomorrow or possibly the next day. And there is an understandable cynicism around this report coming through on the second last day that Parliament sits. Always something to... Slide under the carpet, Just if, hopefully people will just
1: ignore it because it's at the end.
0: And what happens next? But, in yeah, in this piece, Catherine Murphy really holds the Prime Minister to account, who said in response to this that everyone is responsible. It's not just a problem for the coalition, it's Labor, it's the Greens, it's journalists, it's everyone who works and, and operates in, in Canberra, and so we are all culpable. But as she points out... He's the prime minister and there has to be someone leading this change. If Mm -hmm. there's no HR department, if there's no, if there's parliamentary privilege and there's not the same checks and balances put in place of other workplaces, then there's got to be someone that the buck stops with, and he is literally the prime minister. So regardless of party politics, I don't know, it's really hard to step outside of that. He's the leader of Australia. Mm. So what are you going to do? You know, there has to be someone who is responsible, who introduces reforms, who makes proposed changes. That's leadership, right? That's leadership, and I think that we're all still waiting for that solid leadership and that. Mm that drive to absolutely systemic change instead of constantly calling for reviews and reports and royal commissions. What happens next? How do people change the culture and these workplaces for the long term future? And I think that we're all watching really closely to see what happens there. Mm. Sort it out. (laughs) Sort it out. I've had enough. (laughs) Well, there has been a lot of people marching on parliament and this this conversation as much as we talked about it last week in Gemma's amazing uh, message to us is like, this is not all happening in a vacuum. The fact that we're, it's in our faces because the conversation has become a broad conversation mm. that everyone is having. Mm. So don't be dismayed that nothing will happen. K- keep that very tired foot on the panel. <laughs> <laughs> But I'll be interested to see. And, of course, we're going into a federal election next year, mm. you know. The the
1: rise of the independence is an interesting thing that we're seeing.
0: Yeah, like who knows what's going to happen. Um, this is a chance. I think never forget, I, I was talking to someone recently about how they spoke to their local member about something and it just seems so daggy to some people to actually go to your local member and such an, such a grown-up thing to do. But literally you have a say in your immediate community, mm. which feeds into the larger political sphere, if you've got a problem and something's upsetting you, then tell someone about it. Mm. Don't scream into the void. Don't tweet your anger. I mean, if you want to do that, it's fine. Yeah. But actually speak to the people who whose job it is to make a change and who you should be holding accountable as your elected officials. And that's why this threat of the independence rises, isn't it? Mm. Because people um, are getting fed up and they want to have – you know, something to counter it to not just have this two party system mm. in the issues that matter to them. So I just said we weren't a political podcast, but there I just went off on one, didn't That's I? That's all
1: right. I liked that. I enjoyed it. <laughs> enjoyed it immensely.
0: If you ever do want to talk and, you know, think about politics, highly recommend The Party Room. Yeah, The Party Room's good. Which Fran Kelly will be continuing on with That's after right. signing off from our own breakfast this morning. Signing off from our own
1: breakfast with Grace Tame and Brittany Higgins as her final
0: guests. So and good. I just think that that
1: was, it was a real statement about. Our future and the future of people who speak up. And I, yeah, it was just, that was great. What a show. What I a di- journalist. I didn't hear that but I knew that that's how she ended it. Yeah. And I just, I, I, change is afoot. Change is afoot.
0: Hey, thank you for sending me this excellent piece by Nina Oyama, Chronicles of a Delusional Artist which was on Kill Your Darlings mm. this week. God, this was an honest piece, wasn't it? It was really honest and I've got to admit it spoke to me on so
1: many levels from a, the position of a woman working within this business of entertainment, whatever that is. Uh, there's a lot of things. I'm not a comedian and this comes from that perspective but there's a lot of stuff in, in here that I think a lot of people could relate to mm. when they read it. Um, it's called Chronicles of a Delusional Artist. And with the subheading in the arts where dreams infinitely outnumber actual successes, self-delusion is called believing in yourself. As I navigate the deeply misogynistic entertainment industry, denying reality feels like a necessity but also a curse. And I think this is where she she really nails what she's saying. She said in order to succeed, you have to have an element of self-delusion, mm. which is real. You've You've got to believe in yourself to a certain degree. But then... <laughs> Around this is the business of entertainment. And she said, living this life is like some kind of self deception to duck in. You have to convince yourself you are Jesus while everyone else thinks you only scored a place at the table because the producers of The Last Supper were either trying to sleep with you or to fill a quota. And, yes, there were producers at The Last Supper. Who think who think told all those guys to sit on the same side of the table? It's not natural. Also, only one woman? Sounds like a lot of writer's rooms. Like it's so true, you know. And then she goes on to discuss things like when you aren't busy enough, people then don't see you so then you lose out on work and there's just this constant cycle of having to maintain the delusion that you can do it while at the same time living in this cycle where there's always someone younger funnier coming up underneath and that's that thrown idea of scarcity your, as yeah, well and and thrown in your face whenever you do disappear mm. um and i think she even referenced Michaela Cole who said you know sometimes it's good to disappear from the spotlight because she wrote uh, her incredible television series by disappearing basically um but it's very difficult to do when the entire industry is based on you being seen and being present and just showing up in order to get those gigs because they are very very scarce so it's it's it was a tough read and it's it's really personal but at the same time I think most women who've been involved in the entertainment business will read this and go yeah actually that it's true this is it's it's awful it's like you're living in this endless cycle of just awfulness.
0: (laughs) Well, that's what I liked about, I mean, I didn't like that she was living in an endless cycle of awfulness, but there was nothing about it, which was woe is me. She was basically Mm. saying, this is what I've chosen to do. And if it doesn't work out, I'm fucked. Yeah. Here it is. Here's my story. And I think that that's something that, um, perhaps some people wouldn't have understood that, that world because the life of a comedian and a comedy writer, there's only a certain portion of people who do that. And she was just sharing her perspective but it really does speak to a lot of the stuff that we've certainly felt before Um, and that a huge gender imbalance in in many workplaces. I think in many workplaces this this goes beyond entertainment. This is
1: any industry really where you're in the minority.
0: Yeah. What it takes to have self-belief continuously over a long period of time when everyone's telling you, No, or saying yes, but then their intentions Mm. are not pure, all of that stuff. It takes, yeah, I don't know, being in a creative world, which is often cross pollinates with something that is means a lot to you personally and passionately. And that doesn't always correlate with every job. I'm not saying, you know, there's plenty of people who don't work creatively that love what they do as Mm. well. But it really messes with your identity and your sense of self-worth. I just thought this was such a fantastic piece. It was brilliant. Thank you for sharing it with me. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Yeah,
1: it's really good. Give it a read.
0: Hey, before we move on into what we're banging on about this week, can I just say a big old happy naughty 40 to Britney Spears. Uh, happy birthday, babes. She's going to be celebrating in the next few hours her time. We're getting in early in the Southern Hemisphere, but mm. she's technically turning 40 today. Yep. And, man, again, that that social media the the Instagram, it's just the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? I know. It? She's just. There's li- no rules or she's regulations. Li- she's, she's living doing whatever life. she wants. She's living a life, and it's all over the place, and I'm into it. <laughs> she was photographed this week by TMZ. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, who leave her alone. took photos of her using a public bathroom? I mean, oh. what, have we learned anything? Just so shit. It. Uh. But she responded to that and sh- shouted it down, and I just hope that those pap's don't just repeat the same old cycle yeah. and that the audience don't click on that and want to have a look at that. Click on her bloody Instagram. Absolutely, because it's all there. I want to see motivational quotes from Brittany. So good. I'm excited that she's about to go on holiday and we're about to see her just strolling down the beach. Yeah. Laying back in what's that film, the 1950s film, where the actors are laying in the waves and they it was filmed in Melbourne. It was like an American film and the oh. waves crash over them. Oh, anyway, Brittany's pretty much recreating that every time she goes to the
1: beach and yeah, I'm here good, for it. good, good, uh, good. <laughs> happy birthday, Brittany. We are so glad that you are free and so glad that you are free to be whoever you want to be.
0: What are you banging on about this week?
1: Well, I was lucky enough to watch ABC TV just a couple of nights ago and they played the movie that was made about David Delatingu, who of course is one of Australia's finest actors and it's, it's I Am and... It was a story that was filmed when he was expected to die back in 2017 mm. and it goes through his life, his loves, his creativity um, and his struggle as well and um, I think it was just a wonderful way to mark some of the incredible work that he's done uh, as an actor, as a dancer, as a singer, as a painter um, and what a magical performer. Like What e- a presence. Every time he's on the screen there's just there's like I get goosebumps thinking about his presence he is amazing mm. he's amazing so if I imagine it's up on iView.
0: yeah I think it probably will be and I'll put that in the show notes I remember when that came out and I didn't catch it then I'm glad that it's been rebroadcast mm. and I'm assuming tracked up on iView as well so I'll put that in yeah. the show notes yeah really worth a it a timely watch beautiful I'm excited about that what are you banging on about I'm banging on about uh, another watch. I guess you could also call it timely too. It's called dope sick. It's a new series on Disney plus and a reminder that Disney plus is not just kids stuff and Marvel and everything. They've got the whole star network now. So it's a lot more adult programming. This is very much adult programming. It's about the opioid crisis. Oh, okay.
1: That's fun. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's dark. But then again, all of the Disney movies are pretty dark, really. (laughs) This is intense. It's got an amazing cast, I'll say that. Rosario Dawson, Michael Keaton, Peter Skarsgård, Caitlin Diva or Deva. She was the star of that amazing show, Unbelievable, on Netflix. She's in this. And it's about, like I say, the opioid crisis in America, how it started, how Purdue Pharma got this, you know, basically developed this opioid and got the FDA to label OxyContin not addictive. Mm. even though it was, and then how it spread through the states. But it kind of time jumps between the 2000s where these attorneys general are trying to take Purdue Pharma to court for misleading the public and for fraud and then back to the 90s where they were developing this drug and putting $40 million into trying to figure out whether it works and then getting it on the shelves and and they're – approach to it, which was basically targeting a whole bunch of mining towns, lower socioeconomic towns where there was, you know, mining or other hard labor where people dealt with pain due to their jobs. um, And really, you know, in a really disgusting way, targeting people who are vulnerable and getting them hooked on this drug. And then also getting doctors to prescribe more and more and more. It's really chilling. It's very compelling. Mm. It's, I find that stuff, the whole Pharmaceutical industry in America, I find endlessly fascinating and scary, Mm. and I'm always watching to see what Australia does because we have way more regulations for the better in Australia. But I remember reading a really great long read about Purdue Pharma years ago in the New Yorker, and this is just kind of expanding on that about Mm. that whole story. So it's really great. It is, you know, it's a dark drama. It's filmed like with a blue light over it. You know, it's a dark drama if it's got a blue gray wash. Oh yes, I just thought you <laughs> like meant like the Mayor light. Of East
1: Town? I just thought you meant like the light in Maccas, you know, in the toilets. <laughs> no, where you can't shoot
0: up. No, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> that kind of light. <laughs> it's really compelling. I highly recommend it. Dope sick. Yeah, it's yeah one episode a week, like everyone's doing right now, just filtering it out like the old fashioned times, like the olden days. No binging on Dope Sick, that's for sure. No. So I'll see you next week for episode one ninety nine. Is it one
1: ninety nine next week, second last?
0: Yeah, great. Not forever, just for this year. Well, you never know. And bang back, I might is. just leave you. <laughs> we never saw her again. Uh, and bang back That's is happening, happening in a couple of weeks too. So if great. you've got a big lesson, then hit us up in the um in the email in the show notes. Wonderful. I'm off to the peel. Are you back to the peel? Just gonna jump in and out. I'm a mermaid now, Miff. You are. I'm a mermaid now. <laughs> Bye, Babs. Bye. Bang, 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 bang Bang on.